Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, Hawk fans. Welcome to another episode of Hawk Talk. I am your host, Colin Cole, and I got another great show to bring to you today. But before I jump into anything, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my, my co-hosts here, bring them on to introduce to you my resident co-host, two-time All-Big Ten, three years started, offensive tackle, Dare I say it, said it so many times before, but I will say it again, the luxury real estate mogul up there in Chicago, Illinois. So if you want that beautiful loft area overlooking Lake Michigan, this is the man you need to holler at, Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining me on the show today, bud. Man, you know what it is. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Right, 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 right. So, David, thank you. And... uh, Let's get into it, man. The number 22 ranked Hawkeyes travel up to Evanston, Illinois to face those uh, those pesky Northwestern Wildcats. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's game day. It's game day. And it's the best thing about game day is the anticipation, especially for a night game, especially uh, with a 7 o'clock Eastern kickoff, 6 o'clock uh, Central time. It's time to for those guys to kind of sit around and, and, and gain some energy and kind of relax at all at the same time with all that pent-up energy, all to be played out on the field tonight. So, David, they're facing this uh, this Northwestern Wildcat team that has, uh, has, has had a couple of defeats, but uh, is a team that can definitely pull a win out, uh, especially against this, this Hawkeye team who's currently ranked fourth in the uh, – in the Big Ten West, man. What are some of the things that you know that uh, that the Hawks have to concern themselves with, particularly on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, you talked about Northwestern's losses, you know, and they've had some losses that against there are some against some good teams. I mean, they lost to Minnesota, lost to Michigan, they lost to Michigan State. You know, the one outlier I'm going to look here, and it's Duke. And they lost to Duke, and that was a close game. They lost by one touchdown, seven points. There was thirty to twenty-three. These guys fight and they fight hard and they're not going to give it. They're not going to give us a game, right? When we show up, we have to be ready to play. Just like every game. We've been talking about this the whole season. The Hawks need to show up ready to play. None of this. We got to get out of the mode of starting slow and then like getting into the game. We need to come out there ready to go from the first snap, right? And hit them in the mouth and show them, you know, we're ready to play. We know it's Big Ten season, and every Saturday, you have to win the game. you got to be ready to go out there and win. This is still college football on this Big Ten season. I'm looking for a Hawks go out there to establish themselves, establish the run, right, and establish, reassert our dominance of the Big Ten West. Yeah. You know, some of the things we've talked about throughout the season has been Iowa football has been synonymous with running the football, especially uh, as it pertains to offensive line play, the uh, the ability for, for said group to be uh, dominant and really take over games. You know, it's been a, a difficult year considering some of the starters being first-year starters and Mason Richmond, uh, Nick DeJong, as well as uh, Connor Colby. Uh, Colby and uh, Richmond both being freshmen. So those guys have had... Uh, uphill battle to say the least all season um the last couple of games have been a, a bit of a difficult uh, uh time for them i mean we, we've seen obviously those defensive fronts be able to uh, confuse the offensive fronts uh, for the hawks what do those guys have to do to kind of continue to grow uh, and to continue to uh to to 
yeah, growth is the biggest part. You know, moving forward, there's four games left in the season. How does this group continue to grow and play down the stretch? It's uh, you, you're being very nice about the whole thing. You really are. The uh, the offensive line has been a very a, a very confused bunch. I'm going to put it that way. It's very simple. You know, Wisconsin put our tackles one on one. It's pretty simple there. They went mano a mano, and they said beat us, and then they beat us. They our technique was lackluster. We opened up the gate. We've been talking about this all season with our tackles not sitting in their technique. They're good. They're strong. They're big. They're just young. They're inexperienced. And once you get out there in the game, you got this defensive end coming at you, and you're reading the defense. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Sometimes you forget your technique. Right? That just happens, and it typically happens with younger players. Now, it doesn't really help that we have this. I'm going to call it a carousel of tackles coming in. Right tackle. You know, we're kind of rotating them in and out. We need these guys to get out there, get that game experience. And really to send their technique and be confident in their technique and, and pulling them in, pulling pull them in and out, unless they're hurt. Um, that, that's at one point, we got to say, this is our guy and just run with it. Getting that to the point that way the offense line can start to gel, right? There's a lot of continuity. It has to be built and you're out there dealing with real people, real time, and things are moving all at the same time. You have to know what your guard is going to do. All right. The guard has to know what his tackle is going to do. The guard and center have to know what each other is going to do. How are you going to do? How do you step? All that stuff takes time to get to know. Right? You have to understand how that human body is going to move and be able to depend that that person next to you is going to do what they say they're going to do. They recognize the same thing. Great communication. When you have people coming in and out, it just messes up the continuity. You don't know what the other person is going to do. And I know we're still trying to figure some things out. But at this point of the season, I'm looking for a huge step forward with our offensive line play, right? Against, I mean, Spencer has uh, six, I mean, I think he got sacked six times against Wisconsin. That's a lot for that young man. That's a long time. And that's not even counting all the pressures and all the hits that he took that didn't count as sacks. That's a lot for your quarterback to take. When we can start to clean that pocket up like we had against Maryland, we saw what we could do once we cleaned the pocket, right? Once we start to do that, the specialness of actually start to show through. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it, again, these are young guys and they're continuing to grow. Um, Shock is the only senior along the group. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be some, some continued growth and continued uh, growing pains for these young guys, but it's, uh, it's, it's been a difficult go of it throughout the, the season, especially uh, offensively, you know, but I guess for me, uh, David, my, my next question would be, uh, how does this group really turn it on with four games left in the season? How does this group turn it on to really turn the corner uh, and really get the run game established? Well, it's football. You know, there, there is no real switch to turn it on. You work on one thing at a time. And we're looking at, uh, let's identify the things that we're going to work on this week or this day, right? At this practice, this is what we're going to work on. And the next practice, you build on that, right? It's a slow accumulation of this stuff. Everybody's like, oh, it just all of a sudden just switched. It's like, no, it's just a bunch of all this little stuff that just adds up to one complete player. Then you have several complete players working together because of all the little things that they've worked on throughout the week, throughout that day. And it just all builds on each other. For us to do that, 
we have to actually focus on those one things because the small stuff matters as an offensive lineman. Hand placement, foot placement, your first step, your second step, keeping your shoulder square to line a scrimmage, right? While you're doing a pass set, don't open the floodgates, don't overset. Do you under, can you recognize what position you're supposed to be in? What kind of relationship you're supposed to have with that defensive end on a pass rush, right? When you're doing a run fit, if you're doing a slip, you know, you're working with a guard to the outside or to the inside, do you have your target squarely in focus? These are the kind of things that they have to start to focus on and really get detailed, right? On the run game, it's really, it's your second step. The first step sets up your second step and the second step is so important. And if you don't have it up the field, the line of scrimmage is going to be redrawn in our backfield. And we've had that happen a lot. Now get that second step up the field and really getting those fits together. So we have a guard and a tackle hitting at the same time and driving up to that second level, become really sticky. When we start to establish that stuff and we work on those little details, right? The things that really matter, that offensive line is gonna to start to click. Like you said, we're young. And I think a lot of that, a lot of this comes from the inexperience and trying to do too much at one time. Let's break it down. So it's really simple for these kids. First step, second step, hand placement, eye on target. Once we start to do, you'll see this whole thing start to melt. Yeah, well, yeah. So technical on the offensive side of the ball. This is funny. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting. It's, it's interesting, but but it's going to be an interesting go of it, man. Because uh, I mean, just like you talk about those guys. I mean, we talked about it throughout the season. Those guys, pretty much, uh, along with Spencer's maturation throughout the season, is what's going to drive this offense. And it's been it's held true throughout the year. Uh, early on, clearly there has been some some tremendous play. Um, all things considered, uh, obviously having a short field a lot of the time via defensive turnovers created a lot of opportunities for him. So, you know, it was uh, it was something that was really going well for him. Uh, obviously, over the last two games, it's not quite been the same. And now they're heading into no, up to, to Evanston to play a Northwestern team that uh, has been pretty decent. I mean, their record doesn't really reflect the team that, that they've been all, all together. Um, so... Spencer's stats up until this point, you mentioned the six interceptions to go along with nine total touchdowns, four, almost 1,500 yards, 1,426 yards. Uh, Goodson, Mr. Goodson has 149 carries for 613 yards and only five touchdowns. So that's got to be, over the course of these next four games and into the bowl season, that's got to be where the focus is moving forward. Um, the other part, we talked about a number of times, is the play of the of the, the guys that are getting the balls from from Spencer? Uh, interestingly enough, Northwestern's leading receiver is Mr. Sam Robinson Jr. He actually has thirty receptions for four hundred twenty-five yards. Iowa's leading receiver is Sam Laporta with thirty-one receptions at three hundred seventy-six yards. Both guys have two total touchdowns. So similar statistics, you know, maybe fifty yards less in receiving yards from uh, Sam as opposed to, to Northwestern's receiver. Um, but uh, clearly Iowa's receiving core and receiving game uh, consists of the Titans first, uh, David. So what I'm sure Northwestern will be looking to Sam to take away his uh, playmaking ability. And so what does that leave the, the remainder of the offense in terms of trying to find those receivers and trying to find another uh, offensive output? Yep. 
if we can't be multiple in our approach and our attack on offense, they're going to be able to zero in. Right? It, tight ends are really supposed to be a secondary option. Right? Your first option should be a wide out, the person that can actually stretch the field. That's, we want our speed guys with the ball in their hand. They're actually they're one of our most talented players out there on the field when you're on offense, right? That's, that's the reason that Northwestern targets the wide receivers. For us, when I look at where we are, and part of the reason Sam has been our primary receivers, our offensive line play has not allowed us to have that time so that our wide receivers can get down the field. So, yeah, we're going directly to Sam. When we're allowed uh, the time so that our, our receivers can actually get into the route and actually start to throw a little bit deeper and get our 15 yards, 10 yards, 11 yards, 12 yards, catches, receptions, uh, that's going to open up the offense. But what really does that? It's establishing the run. Hey, you talked about Tyler Goodson. I mean, he's at, uh, what are we, 149 yards. No, 140 yard carries for 613 yards. That's an average of 4.1 yards a carry. That's not bad. But when we look over at Northwestern and all the losses that they have, they're 116, 116, 116 carries for 750 yards and averaging 6.5. And then you got a receiver that can stretch the field too. If we, when we start to do that, that play action pass will actually really start to help out a lot. It'll start to take off. And then our offense will be able to sustain drives, which will allow the defense to recover like we need them to. Right now, our defense has taken a lot of hits and they've taken a lot of plays and they get worn down through the season. Everybody does, right? It's a team sport. So we need both sides and all three phases of this team really working together and continuity. We, and we have yet to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this could be the week that everything gets turned around, man. But uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a great effort from everybody involved. Um, the Northwestern Wildcats are led by Ryan Holinsky, who was a transfer from uh, South Carolina. Uh, he's actually from Orange, California. He's thrown three touchdowns to uh, one interception. I uh, had to start the entire season. So... Um, the interesting aspects of this young man, his pocket passer, but has some mobility. And like I mentioned, uh, his top receiver being Mr. Wright, I mean, Mr. Robinson Jr. Um, those guys have, have hooked up obviously 30 times, but ultimately, and with uh, with Northwestern's offense historically with the spread offense and the tempo offense, um, what do we expect from Helinski and this offense in terms of Trying to uh, trying to attack some of the the uh, weaknesses of the Hawks. I, I see them trying to. They're going to try to establish a run. If I were them, that's what I would do. I'll spread. I'll spread us out, and then run. Right. Oh, <laughs> some spread options. I would do some things. Some quick hitters. Toss the ball right out to the receiver. Do some more wide receiver screens out there. Right. And then make it so that our defense has to run. You know, sideline to sideline. Get them tired and get them taken on plays. The same thing that we are seeing, and we're not even watching film, we're just watching the game. These defensive coordinators, these offensive coordinators are seeing that about the Iowa uh, team, all right? If we get the Iowa defense tired, if we get it to the point where we can just start to drive the ball and at the, toward the end of the game, we can start to lay lean heavy on these kids, use that offensive line and just <laughs> actually start to impose our will. It makes it a lot easier, a lot easier for our defense a lot easier for our defense. And I'm saying we, on our defense, I'm talking about Northwestern, it makes it a lot easier for their defense because the offense will take 
uh, our offense out of the game. It really will. And their defense will come on the field and be nice and fresh. If I'm that Northwestern offense coordinator, I'm going to throw it out wide. I'm going to get do some quick hitters. Then I'm going to come up the middle. And I'm going to do everything I can to make it as confusing as possible and make it as tiring as possible to sustain the drives for as long as possible against this Iowa defense. Knowing that that's the heart of our team, I'm going to attack your strength. And I'm going to do it the best way I know how is by spreading it out and not hitting directly in the middle until you're tired. When you're tired, then I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you right in the middle. Yeah, well, they're riding, they're currently riding a uh, two-game losing streak, having lost most recently to uh, Minnesota 41-14. And then uh, previously they lost to, to Michigan 33-7. Before that, they'd won a game at home against Rutgers 21-7. But they lost to Nebraska pretty heavily, uh, 56 to 7. So this, this, uh, this, they're, they're reeling quite a bit. This could be an opportunity for the Hawks to, to, to catch a team that's uh, really in a position where they're trying to find themselves at this point. They're clearly not very certain of who they, they are offensively. Uh, they, they've lost by some pretty tremendous margins. So it's going to be rather interesting to see how, how this group is able to manage uh, going forward. You know, but uh, – all things considered, man, again, we talked about it last in the last show. Uh, a month ago, this this Hawk team was number two in the country and, and riding high off of being uh, a, a number five ranked um, Penn State team. And after reeling for the last number of weeks, how does this team travel, get on the road, play a familiar opponent in, in a primetime atmosphere and come out with a victory? You said it. Um, we were number two. And then we had two losses against teams that we were the overwhelming favorites to win. I mean, I think at Purdue, we were prognosticators had us at 82% favorite. Wisconsin, we were like 55, 56% favorites to win. Uh, North, here we are again at 81% favorites to win. Um, I, I just hope when we don't do like we, we've done, and come out and play to love of our competition or anticipate love of our competition and actually show up, right? We need to go out there and really just establish ourselves. And you'll hear me say it. We've been saying it all the time. Start fast, right? Establish yourself. The other team doesn't matter. As long as you are playing to the best of your ability and playing uh, your game, the other team doesn't matter. Once we start doing that, then we can actually start to see the offense, the defense, and have a complete game. We're, we're just... But I think it comes with an inexperience. And we need somebody in the locker room to stand up and be that guy. Be the guy that says, hey, let's start. Let's go. We have, what, four games left this season. The season's not over yet. We've done a 20-place a 20, 20 drop from two to now to 22. And this is our time to reestablish ourselves. Let's get on a roll. Let's go back and do what we do. This is Smash Mouth football. It's we're in our we're in what November now. Let's go. Is that time? The the experience thing, the inexperienced stuff. I'm not, that should be falling on deaf ears. I don't want to hear it anymore. We need someone in the locker room to say that. Hey, let's go. This is our time. Let's 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 grasp destiny. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, it is clearly the uh, this November ball. This is Big Ten. 
football weather. This is a time of year when the teams really kind of uh, distance themselves from the competition and kind of see themselves in terms of how it pertains to the bowl bids and kind of getting themselves ready for November, uh, December and, and, and into the new year. So this is the time, you know, if this, this Hawkeye team can uh, turn things around now, then things can clearly still have an opportunity to find a way into the Big Ten West champ into the Big Ten Championship via the Big Ten West. But they have an uphill climb to do so. Uh, Minnesota is, is number one in on the West side. And obviously, having lost to both Wisconsin and Purdue don't bode well for this Hawkeye team. However, they're, they're opportunities. So, but it comes down to today's game against Northwestern and uh, they got to come out with a W. That's got to be the first and foremost thing, coming out with a W today and trying to salvage the season to make a, make a run at these last few games. So we'll see how this thing shakes out. Like you said, they're 81% uh, favorites to win. Uh, that doesn't mean a whole lot. We've seen over the last couple of games that that doesn't really put a whole lot to, uh, you can't really put a whole lot of merit into that because you're going to get the best shot of your opponent regardless because they see uh, how well this team has played. And especially now having, having dropped the, the, the most recent two. So it's going to be a, a dog fight for the Hawks up there in Evanston, but uh, the Hawkeyes, they got a chance. They got to pull, they got to pull it out. So with that, that's going to be our show for the day. Uh, tune in for the kickoff today on big 10 network uh, at uh, six o'clock. It's going to be a, a well, six o'clock central, seven o'clock Eastern. It's going to be a great game up there in Evanston. The Hawks are going to put something together and hopefully come out with a win. So with that, I am your host, Colin Cole. This has been Hawk Talk for David Porter. And again, I'm Colin Cole. Thank you for joining us on Hawk Talk. Uh, God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.